0: Sure. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to show to be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Australia, the show of white lion, dandelion, green glass, and future fest of South by Southwest 2016. This wonderful guest, this session is Ian Griffiths of white lion, dandelion, and so much more in London. We have a great chat about his Doing's in South by Southwest 2016, the Future Fest, making a couple cocktails. If I recall, there was a martini infused with mushrooms, which gives you this wonderful, rich, umami note. Something really perplexing about Ian is not that he's Australian, that's not so odd. It's not that he works at two of the best bars in the world, White of which is my personal favorite, but it's a, he has, at such a young age, still not 30 years old, he has such amazing grasp of flavor, a grasp of process, and a grasp of business. So, please pardon my allergies during this chat. Somehow, I was heavily afflicted by something in the air that night. Sorry, Mr. Phil Collins, but it was a great chat nonetheless. It was great to catch up with Ian, and I hope you guys enjoy this chat with ian griffiths of white lion and dandelion
1: you said who left you that note about last night (laughs) that is amazing (laughs)
0: yeah that's one of my favorite notes man because that that's why that's why I know it's a great relationship because she's she's very she'll come out and say like man I was really shitty
1: that, that's <laughs> like that's the best name ever <laughs> uh, we always we always do that at White because we drink a shitload of White Line yeah yeah and it's like. Well, literally, like, I mean, some nights, like, everybody's done a bottle of tequila by the end of the night. Jesus. kind of And I like, wake up at the end, of, wake up the next day. is was like, so about last night. And <laughs> just kind of like, is everyone alive? Is everyone okay? Because yeah. one time we had this horrible situation where um, David Piper, the international Hendrix ambassador, uh-huh. and uh, Joshua Fontaine, who owns Candelaria in okay. Paris, okay, yeah. they DJed, like, our anti-Valentine's Day night at uh-huh. White Lion. Got a late license, invited all the industry down. Sometime in that previous 24 hours, some kind of nasty stomach bug was brewing in the White Lion ranks. So, between- In the ranks. (laughs) Yeah. So, between everybody getting obliterated drunk after shift, like, and then this stomach bug hitting everybody, we couldn't open White Lion the next day. We had no- Nobody was able-bodied. To be able to... It's the only time we've ever had to close White Lion, other than we close every year at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. We quite literally, we had to shut. We just had to, like... We couldn't even... No one could even get their ass to the bar to put a note on the no door. No could probably get out of bed even, yeah, right? that's it. So, we quite literally... It's the only time that we've ever had to do it. But White Lion had to close for the night. That's insane. Joshua Fontaine is still, like, disturbingly proud of that fact. He's like, I <laughs> shut down fucking White Lion. And then it's like, shut up. You did not shut down White <laughs> do Lion. Do you suspect
0: like, he was... A, uh, what is it? Patient zero? No, like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Joshua's a really
1: good friend. Yeah. I got a lot of... I got a, I got a lot of love for that guy. But, well, yeah. you know,
0: it just goes to show you that... We we feel like we're impervious to pain, but we're fucking we're so fucking susceptible. Not. We're not. I like, wear. Uh, <laughs> we, tequila uh, too. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, I uh, I drink a lot of tequila. Yeah. It's like it it would be my go to spirit definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was working at White Lion. Uh, We call them retros in the UK, essentially like buybacks. Okay. Like we had a really good buyback going on with uh, tequila because we make everything ourselves except for tequila and we use Tapatio for that. Okay, Tapatio were giving us a good deal on it all and I stopped working at White Lion so much to move over to Dandelion Uh. because just within the business, my my attention was needed there more so. Right. And the uh, Tapatio ambassador distributor kind of contacted me to be like, you're not working at White Lion as much at the moment, are you? And I'm like, no. He's like- I noticed sales are down significantly. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I'm like, yeah, sorry about that, John. I've got to go over to Danny Lyon. He's like, and like, Danny Lyon's more corporate, can't drink on sure, shift there sure. as much, blah, blah, blah. And uh yeah, and I was like, Yeah, I'm sorry about that, man. He's like, It's all good. I just like looked at the monthly sales and wasn't sure if you guys had like started pouring somebody else or it's something. Like, it's like it's like if
0: Tober like somehow went on a sabbatical. Let's say he wants to go follow the the dead or something, fish, right? Yeah. Like the whole industry for warm gin shots just goes. <laughs> Just yeah,
1: so, so takes, you know? Toba has championed warm gin shots over yeah. here. Is well, it? I guess, but they were—I th- mean,
0: warm gin shots was a thing. It was a thing for for centuries, probably. right? But that's his hashtag. I would give—I'll give him the hashtag. Okay, probably. fair that's enough. Because
1: we in the UK, particularly in Scotland, yeah. it's a game called Gin Face. I have actually heard of this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was born, I don't want to say who or where it was born out of, but I discovered it in Scotland. Uh-huh. And I know a lot of people attribute the Scottish even bringing it down to London. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and so essentially, you uh, you get a bottle of gin and uh, you drink from your bottle of gin. There you go. All right, yeah, good. good. Simple. Good, good story. You know, however, that's exactly However, how shit, okay. if you pull a face, you drink again. If you pull a face. If you pull a face. So if you make a gin face. Ah. So like you a go- cringe? Yeah, you cringe You like any Anything happens Like that face Kind of contorts In any manner oh, Gin face Go again Oh I see okay, Yeah okay. And so And then obviously Some people can't handle it So they're just gonna wind up Double slogging from the bottle Every single time Right And so I mean We played this on a train one time And eight of us put away A good couple of bottles of gin On good this train Lord. Yeah Did, oh, So
0: is it So does it get easier Because No It, no, it no, doesn't no, no. It gets harder It gets harder Cause oh, you yeah, get yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: It's like It's a it's a horrible drinking game It's like That's like, not, that's uh, like a feeling of strength that's yeah. not even like a game necessarily I mean the UK don't really do drinking games per se yeah. quite like the Americans do so even this as a drinking game is really just an excuse to get b- obliterated <laughs> and like the penalty is more alcohol when yeah. you obviously can't even handle those initial amounts of alcohol yeah, anyway. Oh, so more makes sense exactly right yeah so sense. it's like it's one of these ones where it's like nobody wins in this game and yet no. gin face is still most definitely a thing I like that there should yeah. be a malort
0: face then too
1: because that
0: one I even <sighs> I can't I I
1: I, I so I I've, I've only smelt this I, w- I just turned around and I was like I'm not doing that we're talking about the Chicago yeah yeah, yeah 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 so when I was there with uh Sharon Bronstein from 86 go show me around mm-hmm. she was uh she was like oh and you kind of need to try this and I was like there's hesitation in your face I don't really I don't like that and she's like it's it's unique it's interesting like, yeah. yeah and then i was in uh best intentions uh-huh. um, really cool dive bar in chicago um and uh, and they turned around and they were like oh have you tried this yet and they put it in front of me and i like didn't pour anyone else shots just put it in front of me yeah yeah i smelled it just around i'm, like, I'm not drinking that yeah and they were just like what am i like, i'm not being a snob i'm not being a pussy I'm just genuinely not putting that into <laughs> I'm not my interested. body. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I don't really know what else to tell you right now. You don't have now. to like, eat
0: blood sausage to know you don't want it. Yeah, you know?
1: exactly. Like, it was just, I still don't even know what it is necessarily. Yeah, think like, of it as like an Aquavit that
0: is just a little more sludgy. Like Jaeger and Aquavit. Yeah, right. See, yeah, that's yeah. Not, that
1: doesn't sound appealing to no, me. No, not at all. But I mean, the first time I had Fernet, it was sold to me as Jaegermeister on steroids. Fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, fair, indeed. Yeah, but uh, a little so, more nuanced, I think. It's, yeah, yeah. Le- less sugar and blah 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 yeah. and all of that. But I mean, it was sold to me like that, and I'm like, yeah, let's uh, let's do this kind yeah. of thing. So I think it's just uh, certain people for certain spirits. <laughs> it's,
0: it, it is, and man, my Lord, Oh God, there's there's a whole other. Interview or podcast, yeah, and just about that thing and like people arguing back and forth about it, you know.
1: Yeah, and like different parts of Chicago apparently make it differently as well. Yeah, yeah, like Like, that's so strange. I I don't know. Like I was just kind of because they were like, oh yeah, no, they make it better over there, and I'm like. What's better, so, a so, better worse? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the best kind of bad, right? <laughs> it's a, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was just like, um, okay, fair enough. Then I'm, like, I'm just not going to touch it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm good. It's, it's, so uh, str- it's a good, yeah.
0: It, at least part of the the narrative there, though, in Chicago, you know, the I was in, culture.
1: I was in Russia, and they sort of, uh, I'm going to pronounce this horribly, but puka is uh-huh. kind of what basically what it yeah, is, and essentially to. like the rest of the world thinks Russians are just crazy about vodka, yeah. But their local spirit is puka, p u l. Q-A-R, I think it was, something like that on the okay. bottle. And essentially, it is like neutral grain spirit, uh-huh. very roughly made. And then when they infuse different flavors into it. So I tried nine different pool cars at this one dinner. Okay. Um, before dessert arrived, we did 14 shots. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, the Russian reputation for drinking definitely held up at it that dinner. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but essentially, when they infuse it, what they do is say there was one that was garlic and black pepper. Okay. So they get the vat of neutral grain spirit. They throw a whole bunch of garlic and black pepper in there, and then they just light the fucking thing on fire.
0: Wait, why?
1: Because all the all the flavoring and all the spices float right at the top uh-huh. where the heat is as well. So it's like a really crude form of rapid heat extraction. Oh, no shit. Plus combined with the fact that it's already probably 60% on those crazy motherfuckers, yeah. so they need to burn some alcohol off it. So they burn alcohol off at the same time as they infuse via this like surface-level infusion. Uh-huh. It is not good it is not good <laughs> it and taste like, like, it, it, it tastes, tastes horrible. like burning yeah, yeah it tastes horrible it's like like and they were like oh and this is like the original no flavor in there or anything like that and it's like burnt rubber and you oh, make dude. and it's just like yeah a like
0: rack I, I feel like that about some.
1: Of yeah too. like but like we did we we had to try of course we could not be rude mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. we had to try all nine flavors that they sat down at the table and this is before, like before mains arrived. By by dessert, we'd done fourteen shots. Damn, we did man. nine shots before mains, and then another five shots through mains. And uh, yeah, and yeah, so it's
0: incredible. And so this is the thing, man. You know, we were in London. Le- <clears throat> Le- I were in London, and I, I was thank Jay being a matchmaker. You know, he's like, go see you know white yeah. line and stuff, which was one of the greatest experiences of, of my culinary life. Thank you for that, man. Thank you. That's, oh sure, yeah. No, you. I mean, you guys are it's insane. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that more, but. You, you're a worldly dude, you know? I like, get to travel a lot. Yeah. I'm really, really lucky for it's it. It's pretty it is, good. But yeah. you started out in, in, a, a, in... I'm trying to remember if it was Brisbane or Melbourne. Brisbane. 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 Okay. So yeah.
1: I actually grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So I had proper farm boy upbringing until I was 15, like chasing sheep, Bailing hay, like in the middle of Australia. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my mother used to call it God's own country because uh-huh. she said he was the only prick dumb enough to live there. Uh, <laughs> not a very religious woman, but it's kind of. It's, it's brilliant, though. Yeah, it? it's. Uh, but yeah, I grew up there until I was 15 and then moved to Brisbane and started bartending when I was 18. So what is that? Did that
0: give you. I put it this way a couple of the people that I talk to that, that are in in the industry are very academic about it very intelligent right and they understand things like at a molecular level they understand process were you probably literally getting your hands dirty when you got you were farming right yeah absolutely would you guys yeah. did you guys grow anything out
1: there no we were mostly cattle we cattle, were yeah. yeah we were mostly cattle and sheep and then we had like a small hobby farm and then dad kind of dad was the rural lands protection officer so he went around and made sure all the other farmers were doing the right practices uh-huh. in terms of pesticides and blah 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 really okay and then as a result of that uh he would go and help out his friends on their larger farms on the weekends yeah. and whatever dad did we did so uh yeah but then it was like I'm one of seven kids and like
0: we so found yeah, like right in the I'm middle I'm a fifth the I'm fifth. the fifth. Yeah, yeah. So th- I'm the they just forget after the third. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I can yeah. compare better, best, worst, but I can't go to five kids. <laughs> I don't even have a scale for that. Yeah, so uh
1: yeah, I'm the fifth out of seven and uh and yeah, we it was a proper like farm upbringing like go to school, come home from school, cart wood on the weekends and yeah. like camping and fishing and then like chasing sheep and like it was a legit farm boy upbringing and then play rugby was the uh, other thing. Did that you kinda, really? Yeah. Is that uh, is that
0: pretty common though for
1: Yeah, definitely. Like rugby's the big Australian kind of rural sport. Yeah. kind of thing. So rugby, and we have our own version. Well, they played in a the, the little bit over here, Rugby League, yeah. which is an adapted version of it. But I played Union for 12 years. Wow. I started when I was six. I remember my first no game. Shit. Yeah, like I was six years old. It was like run down, get on the paddock. And yeah, played right through until... I started bartending, which is probably not exactly a coincidence that the moment I discovered alcohol, I stopped exercising so regularly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard road uh, to balance. Yeah, exactly. Uh. So uh, well, so, no, did, so you, you get into bartending, which
0: I can imagine is probably out of necessity, but did you have an interest in food and flavors at yeah, that point?
1: Yeah, well, I was already... Lit- so we were up in Brisbane, so we'd kind of mo- left the farm and moved to kind of the city. We yeah. were out in the suburbs still, but okay. yeah. But mom, having seven kids, she... She was a cook and then became a caterer and actually started her own business. Oh, cool. And so from the... If we weren't on the farm from the time I was like 8, 9 or 8, 9, 10, sometime around then, yeah. mom started her catering business. And so... It's all hands on deck in a family business Uh, like that. Yeah. So, what kind of stuff was she making? So, like, uh, so it was like catering for weddings and stuff like that. Yeah. So, she would do like whole events. She'd do all the service for it and like really just like home cooking kind of stuff. But, like, if you were sitting down and watching the football, you peeled spuds while you did it because mom had an event the next day. Yeah. Everybody's prepping. Yeah. Exactly right. And then, uh, and then you'd go and help in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then once you got to a certain age and you could carry a couple of plates, then you'd go help on the floor. So from the time I was like 12, 13, I was like working events, doing That's catering it. and events. And yeah, so- It's not a coincidence. No, apparently. not a coincidence at all. And then you get paid disturbingly well to be a bartender in Australia. Really? Like- it's obscene. What do like, you think? Um the it's a government regulated kind of like it's an award wage. Oh. So you must get paid this much.
0: So it's a re, it's a revered profession. Yeah. Unlike, well,
1: not necessarily a revered profession, but at some point in time, it's almost like the it's almost like being unionized, but okay. like the entire industry just has one standard. Wow. So it's kinda your starting wage is $17 Australian. Really? Yeah, but the last bar I worked in, like, it was like Uh, a fantastic bar in Sydney, cocktail bar. But it was just like they just started you on twenty three dollars an hour. And tipping too? tips exist, but it more sits around the ten percent mark. But that's still still that's good. Yeah. You get you get paid really well to be a bartender in Australia. So I was pretty attractive. yeah, Yeah, I was in high school working in a butcher's um uh, and because of my farm upbringing i knew how to kind of do all that kind of stuff and was really sick of smelling like dead animal um and yeah yeah, and the moment i turned 18 legal drinking age i could get a job in a bar and so that was it and so but my grandfather i'm a third generation bartender really my grandfather was a publican uh, owned pubs for 25 years Uh and he hired my father and that's how my mother and my father met so, really? Uh, yeah, so Your,
0: yeah, your, yeah. well, your dad's father in law. Yep. Yeah yeah,
1: right? yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, wow. yeah. So my mom's dad hired my father, and then that's how mom and dad actually met. Was she working for her dad at the pub? No, no, she wasn't. But she used She'd to come obviously, in and stuff. yeah, pop yeah. in, and then she worked in the chemist, and dad used to go in, and yeah, that was it. So it was kind of. So when I started the thing, as it goes, is that mom turned round and she was like, "Well, if you're going to spend every weekend in a bar, you may as well get paid for it." Yeah. So uh, brilliant yeah, idea. She likes to speak in idioms a lot. So she have a book coming out, or yeah, well. She should actually. She's yeah. a pretty awesome woman. So, uh, so eighteen legal drinking age. You the, moved out of the house too? No, or still? Stayed, still stayed at home. Yeah. And then, uh, and it was very much. It was that typical thing of like, oh, this is just something I'm doing while I'm figuring out what I want to do. Sure, like, transitional period. Even with mom as well. Like, yeah. and mom even a long time after I was doing it full time, it took a lot longer for her. I think to really see what I was trying to do with it all. But, but she's
0: still doing the catering too?
1: Still doing the catering. So, so, that's
0: just, so there's some financial viability to Oh, you. absolutely.
1: I mean, oh, and she's an absolute... She's a workhorse. I think I get my work ethic from her 100%. Yeah. She's coming up... She's in the middle 60s range. Um, she wouldn't like me saying her exact age, <laughs> but she's uh she's still working full time running her own business that takes care of 120 properties as a wow. property manager yeah. and then a catering business still tackles like 400 people a that's week. That's amazing. But like, that's what
0: keeps that's that's the thing with my dad. He's going to be turning
1: 70 this year.
0: Oh wow, right. Yeah. And yeah. He's, he's like at a, he's a VP level. And he he has to. He has yeah. to do
1: it. It's what keeps him thriving, keeps his mental acuity. And actually. I can't see myself being any different whatsoever. For it's sure. Like, that's
0: that's another common thread. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll if I can if I can work, I'm working. Definitely. Thinking, I think
1: creating, all that. It. notion of kind of retirement or even relaxing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It sounds nice to do for very short periods. Sure. But Give me a long weekend. Yeah. Maybe a week.
0: <laughs> even after 10 days, I was like, dude, I got to yeah. get back to the... How long
1: were you traveling when you were in London? When
0: we were doing in London, because we had come off of Cork. Mm-hmm. So it was about 10 days. And that was, but luckily with the Cork part, there was kind of intermingled with work. Okay. So yep. I was, it wasn't all, but London was only about four days. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's about as much as I can take because, you know, Fucking, you know how it is. Like you're working in
1: and you're working on the business. Yeah. the time. It's
0: hard to step away from.
1: And that. I think it's very much indicative of this new approach, the like the modern approach to a work ethic, which yeah. is that like it's less nine to five, Monday to Friday, right. and it is more about being adaptable. And it is more about it's okay to be, it's okay to sit down and do half an hour of emails on a Sunday. Yeah, because it's fine. On yeah, because you may
0: not be going in at nine. It's not me. It's not a nine. You're totally right. And that's yeah. the thing that I like about it is maybe it's 10 to four and then I got three hours I'm working at 10 o'clock at night, right? Just because it just you, you, as the business needs surface. Yeah, exactly right.
1: And I mean, that's certainly how Ryan and I justify it to a certain point as well. Like our, we, there are a few people that tell us to take more time off and we should probably do that at some point, but we know that it's okay to kind of, excuse me, it's okay to work and really just kind of work through and turn around at the end of 14 days and be like, oh, I haven't had a day off yet. But because we know that this industry affords us a lot of uh, benefits as it's well. It's yeah, does. it's which a, makes
0: uh, it not the same as like a desk job, you know, it's, there, it's a little there's, bit easier there's nothing,
1: and particularly within our company as well, between everything that we're trying to tackle, it's just it's so multifaceted that we go from dealing with like rotors and making sure all the staff are happy within both the bars to yeah. then our consultancy company that literally looks at future trends, and that's all we look at almost entirely with that. And so then it's like trying to draft together a 48-page report on what the next six months of drinking trends might look like yeah. to then uh, we tackle all different kinds of stuff. It's so, so but kinda, so there is
0: no... You're at a different. Your scope's slightly larger, I'd say, than a lot of other people. Because yeah, you guys are doing a lot of different things.
1: You know? We and we're and we're looking for what where those kind of gaps exist. Yeah. to yeah. really kind of plug that gap and push forward and create something new and interesting with it all. Um. So yeah, there is that aspect to it. But we've always said that we're a. Uh, An industry based business Mm -hmm. that is consumer facing. Yeah. We kind of, there's enough people working within the bar world doing fantastic things, but I think we spend a little too much time almost chasing each other's tail. Sure. Almost kind of obsessing about whether or not you're winning that award over this bar or blah, it, blah, blah, yeah. blah, or whatever else. It's not about us. Exactly. It's about the consumer. It's about the our ones, customers. They're the ones that you need seven nights a week. That's right. A- and yeah. as much as that, we also want to kind of help lead that change. That's yeah. our biggest thing is we want to get the consumer drinking better. Yeah. Bartenders know how to drink really well. Sure. Not every bartender makes the best drink in the world, blah, 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 whatever else. But as an entire, as a culture and as an industry. They're the most equipped. We're, we're really, yeah. and we're doing some fantastic work. We're, don't get me wrong, Ryan and I still have a big focus on re- education and yeah. everything and really reinvesting in the industry but we've got enough people that are kind of taking care of bartenders we want to now kind of grab that information and get it out there to the consumer wherever possible yeah, um activate in, in all honesty there's a little aspect of it where it's kind of like trying to make it commercially viable and commercially successful yeah um which kind of we've had some successes out, we've had some failures out, it's been alright, I yeah. mean it's only been two and a half years. Yeah, that and that's not
0: enough, I mean you gotta it, it will continue to change, it, obviously yeah, the trends I don't know how different the trends are in the UK than they are here, I, slightly different in the categories.
1: They're different but at the same time I think it, like it's 2016, the, between the internet and everything else, everybody knows what everyone else is up to, Yeah, for sure. it, it's kind of like there. there isn't the time that it takes for information to distill down from different countries, yeah. it doesn't exist anymore Yeah, there is no time. If anything, it's that's been evidenced, we feel, by the fact that you're seeing the likes of London and New York. Maybe they're not as on top as they once were. Because there's now there's some fantastic satellite cities with fantastic bars mm-hmm. that are able to really be on that world-class standard. And not to say that those cities haven't always had world-class standard bars, but now they've got the opportunity to really be out there it's and be heard. The, yeah, because yeah. it's now...
0: Total, absolutely, because someone will share something like Singapore has got an amazing cocktail scene.
1: Absolutely. I would have never known. Right. But now I know because yeah. the, the internet's flattened the whole thing out. Singapore Cocktail Week starts tomorrow. No like, shit. Yeah, that's the second year that they've been holding it. That's like, incredible. Yeah, and it's fantastic to see. And they've got the likes of everybody from UK, America, Australia, all yeah. flying in to kind of hit it up and party for a week. Some of the best cocktails I've ever had. I mean, even the 50 best last year. Rankings are what they are. They are susceptible to the people that actually vote on them sure, and blah, blah, sure. blah. So you can't... I don't think you can ever take them... Take them as the hard and fast who is the best. No. But it's, not you, a, it's not a hard indicator, though. I mean, it's no. a good suggestion. But when you see the likes of Imperial Bar in Tel Aviv and the Clumsies in Athens, yeah. like making it inside the top 50, you kind of got to turn around and be like, and like uh, Ruby in Copenhagen, uh-huh. like all these cities that have got fantastic cultures in their own right, but are being able to kind of step up there and really be heard on that kind of stage. It's brilliant. It evi- Yeah, it is. It's brilliant and an it evidence, it's kind of evidence to the fact that. I don't think it is about London or New York anymore. And in turn, I think trends are a lot more fluid on an international level as opposed to a national level. Definitely. I think so too. I think you're yeah. right. Because, you,
0: you know, even in the States, if you look at something like uh, She's, Alabama, right? Yep. Like some of these states, even there's cocktail cultures kind of percolating up from even these kind of towns. Yep. Like, we even we're like, they, do they have highways there? You know, we don't <laughs> even, it seems like so in the dark ages of that stuff. But, the, but somehow, right now, and food and drink, is the first sign of advanced culture absolutely know, right you know yeah and that's kind of what's beginning to happen with a all these kinds of states but so so you're in you're in brisbane you're 18 you're doing this thing yep. you got a background of flavors how does this coalesce into you becoming a business owner and
1: someone that even wants to own a business yeah, i it's <laughs> uh i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> it's still very much as something like From when Ryan and I kind of first started, it was like, even then it was like, all right, like, you want to do something together? Yeah, cool. All right. Like, and we, so we sat down and even at that point in time, I'm not sure. I think I'm very, very lucky. And Ryan and I have both said it. We consider ourselves very lucky to have even met each other to be able to create the way that we do. When Mm -hmm. we first caught up, I was just leaving Edinburgh and we sat down and we were going to do a pop-up together. And Ryan had a few other things on the run. But in all honesty, I was thinking about leaving bartending. I had a repetitive stress injury in my arms. This is like 2013. What was the injury from? Um, essentially too much high volume, sh- high volume cocktail bars shaking. Oh, really? So, okay. yeah, they burn out and like they hurt. Like they hurt really bad. It, like, yeah, um, huh? they hurt so bad it was difficult to stay on top during sex. <laughs> like, it's, uh, wow. like it was like one of those constant pains that was there. Um, how, is, and so how is it I, now? It's Better? good now yeah, yeah. because we did white line and there's no shaking. Uh, <laughs> oh <my God>. Holy <laughs> shit. So yeah. this you got to say this a product in this. Right. Exactly, that's incredible. Yeah. But sheer coincidence that it even came about like yeah, that. We funny. caught up and he had told me, uh, he had told me his top line thoughts about what he thought white line could be and that he was looking for a site. And, uh, and I was like, okay, cool. I mean, that all sounds really interesting, but I was kind of one foot out the door, but we were going to do this pop-up. We were just going to do whiskey and sherry, our two favorite things, yeah. take over this friend's basement at this fantastic Galithian restaurant uh, up in North London, and we we're just going to do it for a weekend, just for shits and giggles, essentially. Right, right. And uh, we sat down to write the menu for that pop-up, and uh, we wrote the menu for the pop-up. We wrote the first draft menu for White Line, and we, wrote, we went over the pitch for Dandelion. And like four and a half hours later, all that was just there in well, front of Well,
0: how does that... So one, how did, how did you meet Ryan, who, who's become so, your, your so, soulmate in a way, right?
1: You, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan used to work at Bramble. Okay. And which was the bar that I was running in Edinburgh, okay. which has got a very very strong it 's the heart of the Mr. Lion company. We both consider it we both consider it one of the best bars in the world, one of the best bars that we were lucky enough to work at, yeah the reason that we kind of met each other, and as well, a lot of our staff have actually come through their doors as Jay, well. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Robin um, is our uh, ops manager. Uh-huh. And Robin and I actually knew each other from Melbourne and then we're working together in Edinburgh That's at the crazy. same time. Okay. We've got like such a tightly interlinking story to the fact where I actually knew Ryan's cousin two years before I even knew who Ryan was or really? anything. I used to serve him. Johan used to drink at my bar in Melbourne when I worked at Black Pearl. Uh-huh. And then he moved to Sydney the same time as me. Sheer coincidence. He pops up and he starts drinking at Eau de v in Sydney when I'm working there. And on my last night in O2V, he tells me when I go to the UK, because I'm leaving Sydney to go move to the UK, yeah. when I go to the UK, I've got to look up his cousin. And Johan puts away a few more drinks and he you know, like when people keep telling you the same thing over yeah, the bar. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Johan keeps telling me this and like I'm kinda at the end of my sh- rope with Johan at this point in time. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Johan, in all honesty, I don't need your fucking cousin. I'll make my own way in life. <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> Turns out his cousin's Ryan, and yeah, uh, yeah well, he was a matchmaker he, yeah. and he didn't even know it. <laughs> so we're, we're super intertwined all the way through. What, with it what is it that, that kind of when you first glance
0: upon each other's <laughs> eyes, like what,
1: what makes it work? I think we, it works because we have respect for each other both personally and creatively, yeah. and we're uh, both wild pragmatists, so oh. we don't get offended. So we can just turn around and go, that's a shit idea. Don't do that. And we'll take on each other's opinion. But if we still think it's a good idea, we'll st- still keep pushing forward with it. Yeah. And so there's been things that we've argued about for probably, not argued, I still to this day don't think we've ever even had reason to raise our voices at nice each other. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 And the the creative process, I can't really put my finger on, but we're able to do it at some pace to yeah. say the least. Um and yeah, does, I don't does he sure. keep you going faster and you yeah. keep him like it's
0: a good volley? Uh, oh, between-
1: absolutely! Like we can turn around and we know, we might have even done this once or twice. We know that. We might have double booked our schedule Uh and we've got so much on that we're not going to have a chance to write the presentation until two hours before we go on stage. We're not worried about that because we know we can just turn around in 90 minutes before and go bang, still drop it. Now we're trying to get more organized and Uh be a little less, (laughs) haphazard. but we've, yeah, we've just kind of, there's a strong spontaneity and it does, it always comes back down to respect where we really know that we have an immense amount of respect for each other and so we can constantly push forward and we can challenge each other in a manner where the other one's not going to get offended yeah and yeah and how, how old is ryan ryan is 31 so 30, a little bit older 32 next month yeah um but it's kind of yeah it's just been one of those ones from the beginning where i'm not sure still don't know what it is but we've been able to create and create on volume well, sometimes and, it just works like that. right you yeah cre-
0: you made a creative uh creative partner yeah basically you guys could start a band yeah. do two, I guess White Stripes, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah. yeah. You'd seem like maybe you're playing drums. Too. Yeah, I'll definitely. And that's no he, offense. No, 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 no. He's, uh,
1: I mean, the company's Mr. Lion. He is yeah. Mr. Lion. It was kind of... Where does that whole thing come from? That is a childhood nickname. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. so just when he couldn't say his own name. And then when he was a bartender in London... And wanted to go out on his own. His uh, our business partner and his sister Natasha. Uh, she does branding for a living. She's brilliant at it. She does brand innovation stuff for the likes of like Google and people oh killer, Barclays, yeah. which is one of the big wow. banks. Like amazing stuff. Um, she turned around and she kind of she's been our creative. She is our creative director. And way before it was even a company, she just turned around to Ryan and like gave him some tips and pointers as to kind of how he should shape his own kind of personality in the industry and so he was mr lion and then the company became mr lion and uh yeah but he's the face of it he's the driving force creatively creatively i still think to this day kind of two and a half years coming up on three years there's been nothing that both of us haven't touched on gotcha yeah like full collaboration full collaboration in every manner is one of you guys getting more pressed than the other oh ryan for sure Ryan. yeah yeah, but i mean did he even have a book too he's got a book Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh, he's got a book we got the retail line that we do that we sell like We've kind of, and it's kind of, it's one of these ones where, I mean, the company is his, and then my kind of role and what I actually enjoy doing is I've, it started off, I used to describe it as operations, but I don't think that's really so much fair to say what it is anymore. What I really enjoy is actually getting the brand out there and kind of negotiating the deals and making the events and making shit happen. And then with the likes of Robin Honhold, Robin's brilliant. And then I, now I'm more kind of like sell the company sell so the business and then robin's the one that really makes shit happen Interesting. because i suck at spreadsheets something fierce uh, <laughs> whereas he i mean it
0: could be the farming upbringing yeah, right? Uh, like did you guys I, have
1: a computer yeah <laughs> like, No offense, you joke about that but i <laughs> i think about my early childhood and there was not a lot of computer stuff involved with it whatsoever yeah. but it's kind of yeah i don't know it's kind of we're now we're um there's three of us and now robin has robin has Just as much say in every aspect of the business, Mm -hmm. creatively, and then we kind of yeah, and together we really just try and figure out what we can do. And then Robin's been an amazing driving force behind White Lion. I think it's been one of the biggest challenges of moving at the rate we're moving. We're now at two bars, a retail line, a book, and a consultancy company at two and a half years. Yeah, it's a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. So we've kind of we moved pretty quickly on it all. And one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest internal fears has been looking at that next project when you're not hundred percent happy with that one yeah. with that previous project. Right, right. And accepting two parts to it all. One, that you've gotta have faith in the people you're leaving in control of that project, that right. they're gonna do a brilliant job at it. Mm-hmm. And two, understanding that it's never gonna be hundred percent perfect. No, it's There's, about
0: juggling. You're gonna it's gonna go ebb and flow. Yeah. White line's doing great, maybe the other project's not doing as great. That Absolutely. Flipped. So but that's how you like,
1: is. yeah, and we we've, we've had ebb and flow across all of it, across the venues, across Probably the only thing we don't seem to have had ebb flow on has been the book. That's already on its fourth print and it only no came kidding. out o- yeah. It only came out October first last year. Jesus, as, uh, fourth printing already? Yeah it's wow. ridiculous I, it's like
0: it's, it's all I mean, for the full nudes of you in, in rugby gear exactly right so yeah, all, yeah. <laughs> i I, I, just, I didn't read much about it but that, i suspect that, that, that's yeah what it, yeah <laughs> yeah that's that, that's been the strong selling
1: focus of it all but no it's kind of i mean it got picked up here in america fantastically urban outfitters and uh anthropology took it by serious. yeah that's yeah we, we turned around and they were like so the first print's already sold and we're like it's not available yet they're like yeah urban outfitters america has taken it and we're like cool all Fair right, and I guess we probably should print another round, and they're yeah, like, "Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah." So the book's been doing brilliantly, That's which great. is great. Like, I mean, in between everything else that we're done, Ryan somehow find, found time to write a book. Yeah, and it was just kind of, and it was just one of those ones where he turned around, he's like, "Oh, so I'm doing the book," and I was like, "Okay," and I'm like, um, "Can I help at all?" He's like, "No, he's just, I've just got to find time to sit down and write a lot of copy." And I'm like, "Sure." When do you plan on doing that? <laughs> <laughs> but he did, like, yeah. and and, uh, and it's brilliant. Again, it's that it's it really embodies what the business model is because it's taking all that knowledge we have and we've quite openly said... As much as it might be damaging to sales, we're like if you are bar- if you are a bartender, don't bother buying this book. Yeah. If you are a bartender and you want to give it to your mother, buy the book. Yeah. But it is it is again, it's about taking our knowledge as bartenders and putting it into a language and a text that the consumer can understand. Yeah. For the common man, right? It, it, well, it's just about and we cre- like Ryan had that brilliant notion to create the book. So it's about drinking at home. Yeah. But the the kind of the advent of the home bar is not what it used to be. Sure, Now people drink at home for occasions. And so that's how the book's broken down. It's like the pre-party, the after-party, the dinner, the Sunday brunch. And it's all about kind of tackling those kind of ones with it. But again, it was, yeah, uh, I love the book. I still haven't even read it cover to cover. I, I fucking hate cocktail books. <laughs> They're boring as hell, and yeah. I do not like. I still haven't even. What do you even,
0: need to read it for, anyhow? It, you know, uh,
1: it just kind of. Even still, to this day, I'm yet to actually read one cocktail book cover to cover. I just. But it's in a sense, it's like. Well, I'm going to
0: read a book about songwriting,
1: right? Just write the fucking song. Exactly. If it
0: doesn't come to you, then don't do
1: it. Yeah, but if it does, do it. I know. think, like I've obviously spent the last 24 hours with Jay Cosmos getting yeah. ready for the event today, and Jay said it brilliantly today in a manner which. I've always believed in, but never been able to put words to it, which is that I, I learn in my own manner. And as such, I learn as and when I want to, I don't need the structure of being told, sit down right now and learn this. Like I will kind of, I will learn as and when I need to. And it kind of, it's a really nice way of expressing it all that I've kind of, I thought for a long time it was strange to not want to sit down and just read all these cocktail books because I didn't because they're boring as shit. Um, but in actual fact, it was just that at that point in time, I really never needed to. Yeah. And now I find myself, okay, I'm picking up this book at this point in time and that's because I need to for right now. Yeah, but- I
0: mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely thing. I mean, you're – I think about it and it's like you're not physically scrappy but you're mentally – you're going to just get – you're a pragmatist. Yep. You're going to learn and you're going to – the stuff in the white line menu, that's not – there's no book – no they could have like, given
1: you that I got kicked out of science When I was 15 years See? old And like And it was because I knew no application for it And now All I spend my time doing Is trying to understand All this stuff Right I, I spend so much time now Going like It's I like really, rogue really, science Yeah but, I, but for a great purpose But there's so much of it Now that I'm learning That I'm like I, I could have learned this When I was 15 years old <laughs> But I just didn't give a shit Yeah I like guess Yeah but now But that's it But it's, it's like love Right yeah. If you're not <laughs> If you're not ready for it Don't
0: fucking beat it Don't try to make it happen That's a fair analogy yeah. I like
1: that Yeah it's a uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to. Yeah, I yeah like you'll that. just fuck
0: it up, and then there's people will be heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> so in a science lab, maybe you you burned somebody. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Always this,
1: quite literally, it's, actually. That, yeah, I was right. horrible at that shit. I hated it. Um, but yeah, now Now we spend so much of our time kind of. I guess we describe it. Ryan has a lot more of a foundation. Yeah. And, and a gr- much greater understanding of, I guess, the scientific process. Right. Um. But yeah, now we spend a huge amount of time kind of trialing and quite frequently erring and uh, <laughs> uh to uh kind of yeah figure out how we can kind of create what we do but you're right for something like white line there is no handbook there is it, no there is no it's nothing. like all right all right so we're gonna talk about yeah white let's Lion. get it yeah 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 so when did it start when did white line get founded so ryan had the idea for white line up to two years before we opened our doors which was september 26 2013 okay so yeah pretty recent yeah very recent, running
0: yep. on almost the three years here in a
1: few months. Indeed. Which yep. is good. Yeah. So uh, 2013? Yeah, 2013. So, But Ryan kind of had that first idea. He said kind of almost two years before then and kind of had been workshopping it in different manners. But it If, was, you, if you were
0: to... If at that point, what would be the elevator pitch? Like what would he have described it? It was...
1: We got... It was born... Uh, how it even came up that him and I were talking about it was that we shared this frustration. And I brought it up and he was like, exactly. He's like, in fact, my in- the entire idea that I've got for this bar is born of this same idea. Mm-hmm. And that is really th- sick of bartenders writing these think pieces about how the customer comes first and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And yet when you go into the bar, you're... S- nobody was doing anything to disrupt the actual setting of a bar. Yeah. They were saying the customer comes first. Batching is important because drinks need to go out faster. Stop talking about your unicorn tear filled bourbon and just serve the damn drink already. Right. Right. But then when you went into the actual bar, the layout of the bar was the same. The mental approach to how you serve somebody was the same. The mental approach to how you prepare a cocktail largely was the same yeah. with that, except with the exception of batching, which sure. obviously became a much more common practice. Um, but nobody was really doing anything to change it all. It was realistically a whole bunch of bartenders getting on their internet soapbox just and then, talking, talking, talk, but not walking. But up. exactly. But then turning around five nights a week, rolling back into the bar and just doing the same old thing, yeah. and thinking that their own mental approach to this was going to really change the game. Sure,
0: it wasn't. It no, was. Never you got to reinvent the wheel in a sense.
1: And more than anything, as well, human condition means that you revert back to what you know. So sure, you might take that mental approach into your shift, but a are you still thinking that way at midnight when maybe you've had a couple of shots and then right. you fall deep at the bar you just start reverting back to what you know totally right yeah which is human condition you can't fault anybody for that no so white Lion was born out of really wanting to change the way people thought about cocktails and most importantly the way a consumer got their drink mm-hmm. so it started with batching it was something Ryan cared Ryan had really championed and Ryan really believed in and I was something that I cared massively about um And then, uh, from there, he started to look at what else could be done as far as batching goes. Yeah. Um, and so he had the idea of removing ice from it. So pre-diluting, pre-chilling and really kind of running with it as kind of, so if you remove that need to shake Uh or stir and you've pre-diluted and you've pre-chilled it and you've controlled that dilution to the perfect rate, then you just serve the drink. Sure. So you pour it like a glass of wine. Um, and it was around that time, I think, in the ideation of it all, that him and I first met and started chatting about White Lion, because uh, I can still remember very early doors we were discussing things like doing compact fresh citrus peel that was frozen and using that as a temperature control unit in there. So, okay. so we were still considering the notion of using fresh products in there.
0: Sure, but to to do something that you were already were doing exactly, with the yeah. yeah.
1: But somewhere along the line, it just came about that it was like, nope, fuck it, no perishables. That's it. Wow. So there's no ice, there's no citrus, there's no egg white, but we can still do a sour. One of our highest selling drinks is a gin sour with raspberry. Mm-hmm. Raspberry. You can't see it because I'm talking, but we use, <laughs> a lot of, uh, <laughs> we use a lot of air quotes in what we do. Because yeah. like, very early on, we turned around and we like, Ryan I, I can't even remember what drink it was, but we served this drink and it was, let's say it was like a Negroni. Uh-huh. But someone turned around like, that's not a fucking Negroni. I'm like, yes, it is. And they're <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like no it's not we're like what, what? pray tail why is it not? Well, I, what, yeah. why why is it not a negroni and I was like because it doesn't have ice and it doesn't have orange in it and it's not equal parts and it's blah 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 and it doesn't even have campari and we're like no well we've made our own italian bitters yeah if it i mean if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck well like you try right, this right. drink it looks like a negroni maybe not a classic negroni but and it Sure as hell tastes like a Negroni. So we kind of got sick of everybody always kind of going back to us and going like, well, that's not really that. So we use a lot of air quotations. Uh, see, so yeah. yeah. Even even on the menu, we like when we use lime uh-huh. it's lime in quotation marks because we're It's like
0: citric acid, right?
1: Well, we so to approach something like citrus in a concept like white lime, we do it in a number of different ways. But in in the core base of it, we use a a distilled rotovap distilled lime. Okay. We also work with <laughs> um we're quite fortunate to work with some some of the bigger flavor houses around Mm. the world and so we we use different kind of limes that they send us which are often very high potent strength lime distillates Uh or co2 extractions of lime um and then we use uh then we use a whole bunch of uh, different acidulants so citric acid malic acid tartaric acid acid phosphate and essentially what we do is we we create lime but we kind of do it with about eight or nine different bottles in front of us and yeah. a little set of drug scales and then balance and check and balance and check and then test the pH and then test it in the cocktail and turn back around and go, okay, I think that's lime.
0: So it's like, in a way, it's like graphing out the metrics. Of Very
1: it. much so, yeah. And but then, then then once we turn around and we've decided, okay, this is our daiquiri lime yeah. um, and we'll have a different lime that might go into... We'll have different limes that will go into different drinks. It's not just we created lime and that's it. Right. So, But our daiquiri lime, once we've turned around and done that, we'll just turn around and make five liters of it. And then next time we need to use lime, we can just pick it up off the shelf. It's shelf-stable, fully favored, fully yeah. acidic, and ready to rock and roll. It's,
0: it's an amazing thing. Was there, and I don't know if this was intentional as well, I, I get the function piece about shaking and stuff, yeah. especially given you're having an injury with your arm, but the it's brand agnostic. That's the thing I love about White Line, and I don't know if that was intentional, but I used that word, and I mentioned it, Mm. White Line specifically, in a couple of these interviews. It is brand agnostic, because it doesn't matter. It's about the flavors, and that's what you
1: guys... It's not about the the peel or the citrus, it's about the flavor. And that was, again, about kind of challenging the consumer experience of what a bar could be, because, I mean... White Lion looks like a strip club from the outside. <laughs> yeah. It looks like an 80s cocaine den on the inside. Sure, I was waiting uh, for my Crudish. to show. Yeah, up at any like, point. exactly. <laughs> like the the venue is so monochrome, even the drinks are minimalist, Yeah, like there's yeah. no garnishes, there's no flair going on. And then it was like and I think that notion of being brand agnostic was more born of Ryan's and my want to kind of push the boundaries a little bit more. Yeah. Like almost like so if you walk into a bar and the billions of pounds that are spent every year on advertising to tell you to drink Johnny Walker yeah if they are suddenly removed from the equation
0: in a way they're emasculated as yeah. they walk. those brands are emasculated yeah that's time. it yeah
1: how do you then decide what you're going to drink? If you can walk in and stare at a back bar of bottles and instead you're greeted with these two opaque fridges with a whole bunch of colorful bottles and yeah. labels that look like a retarded three-year-old drew, drew them on there. <laughs> Caribbean. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, how, what do you then decide to drink? Yeah. And what you do and what happens every time is you actually talk to the bartender. And straight away, it kind of, it changes the dialogue about it all because we can give you a menu and we do. We give everyone a menu straight off the bat. We give you the spiel about how we do things. And then we start a conversation. And- it's a different conversation than what you get to have in any other bar. I think, and so. it's uh, it's brilliant. I we're incredibly proud of it. We really, really enjoy it. It's not for everybody, and we're okay with that fact. Yeah, like we've had some people that have been like, "Oh, I haven't really enjoyed it," and kind of like you know give that filled up face. Like, I'm sorry, but it just wasn't for me. And we're like, it's okay. Like, it's not meant to be for everybody. Yeah, like it I is mean,
0: pre- that, but that's good that you yeah. guys are creating something that does put someone on the fence. Yep. either they're going to like you or they're not going to like you. Very but much, but they so. have to make that decision. There's, there's no walking out of that bar. So they're like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't really know how I feel about it. Yeah. No, that is not. the y- That is yeah. never a conversation. Either you walk out of there, as I did, Lydia and I, and I was like, this is, this changed my whole perspective on service. It changed my whole perspective on cocktails, and I have been ecstatic to talk about it since I got Thanks, uh, man. back from London. Yeah,
1: yeah, we, we're yeah, like I said, we're very proud of it. But more than anything, we're proud of the fact that despite. And this is certainly what I always try and say to guests is like you give that intro spiel and you give that introduction to White Lion as it is. And then at the end of it, get to turn around and be like, and that all sounds really fucking nerdy. But the idea is that you can just get a really great drink really quickly and party and relax. And so you could walk into White Lion on a Saturday night, fall deep at the bar. The basement's open. I mean, the basement has a stripper pole. You can put your hands on the (laughs) ceiling and one of the loudest sound systems I've heard in this place. Yeah. And you can come upstairs and it's absolute chaos and pandemonium. Or you can rock in there on a Tuesday and sit down at the bar. And what we know is that you'll still get the exact same cocktail. Yep. You'll still get the same level of service. There'll be a different atmosphere. But sure. that's up for you to, as the consumer, as the guest, and then decide whether or not you choose to engage with that or not. Right. And then, But everything else around there, it's kind of, yeah, we know that we've put our best foot forward. When we open the door at 5 o'clock every day.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was... Just a wonderful, life- yeah, life-changing man, and I—I I don't exaggerate that much. You know, I'll, I'll say stupid jokes and shit, but that was a life-changing experience. So because you and I are going to head back down and Absolutely. into the madness of South by Southwest <laughs> yeah, 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 in indeed. a
1: second. So let's talk about the bourbon real quick because of course. You know, you're know yep. you in
0: from London. You picked the same bottle, oddly enough, that Jay got Yeah, I
1: think, I mean, I know that Jay and I are kindred spirits. I yeah. got a lot of love for that man. I, I think the whole 86 go family are like my long-lost family. So uh, It totally yeah.
0: is. And so this is the Elijah Kirk 18-year yeah. single barrel. This is I think, what, 45, 46? Yeah, what years. do we
1: got on there? 45. Yeah, yeah. This is...
0: Was distilled in 83, so this would be bottled in 91, 92. Tastes different. It Tastes it's, different than the stuff. You know? Just
1: goddamn delicious. It's good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. It's really lovely <laughs> stuff. Well, I mean, I, you,
0: fuck, man. You, you came I, I heard about
1: how yours and Jay's podcast went, and I was saying you, know, I was coming to this with some level of trepidation and fear, because I, I've still got to go stand up and present to That's 150, right. 150 no, people I, today. You know, so. It's
0: never the intent to like, get fucking... Blaster, no, 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 Blaster, no, Blaster, no. you know.
1: Hopefully, I can be back here again in Austin sometime, and we'll do another one. Where yeah, we can I would, really, love, would love to yeah.
0: get into a little bit more of it. I can bring
1: a little bit of the Mr. Lime product, oh, on, maybe, and yes. we can get stuck into that. Yeah, that
0: rye that you guys had was brilliant. Yeah, you that know. rye is
1: damn good, and those bottle cocktails—they're getting better and better all the time as well. So yeah, it's, yeah uh, you'll have to you have to bring some more stuff. Indeed.
0: So, how did you get hooked up with the guys from the A6 company?
1: So, I still don't exactly know how, actually, because someone asked this <laughs> question of me the other day. Um, okay, Cupid. Was yeah, like yeah, exactly. No, it would uh, it would start with dan warner who mm-hmm. is the uh uk or uh, european 86 co ambassador and uh, dan came into the white line a couple of times and uh, ryan didn't even introduce us and uh, which he, he's horrible at most of the time anyway <laughs> and uh, and then dan left one time and i'm like oh who is that guy and i'm really really bad as far as being aware of the larger industry like really bad like yeah living in scotland in 2012 moving down to london in 2013 i remember i went on one of my first booze trips within the uk got really drunk with this guy hanging out with him he was loads of fun he came into bramble he partied i rocked back down into london and i'm like and went to the artesian Uh i walk by the bar i'm like oh they're that guy and ryan's like you mean alex cretenia and i'm like Oh, is that who that is? Like <laughs> I, I'm horribly like. I, but that's good because yeah. everybody is approach. Like it's just you're you're humble, right? Like everybody's cool. Just kind of like yeah. Every, I approach everybody with that manner, and so I had no idea who Dan was. But Dan is a legend in his own right. He's yeah. a brilliant human being. And yeah, and then Dan came back in, and he kind of 86 Code was just kicking off in the UK. He just brought in a bit of the stuff. We had a chat about it all. And there was just, he was chatting about the story behind the 86 go and the way it was approaching. And again, it was that whole born of industry knowledge to create a consumer product. Right. right. Um, And I just really liked Dan, and kind of got hanging out with him. And then I met, Simon, when he was in White Lion one time, and then we kind of we always kept trying to find a way to work together. And then White Lion has a huge sustainability focus. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we've reduced waste on an average kind of bar of White Lion size by about eighty percent. Yeah, like our we struggle to fill residential size garbage bins wow. with the produce from White Lion because um, uh, we reuse bottles and blah 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 and all of that. So. Dan and I had a chat about putting together, and Ryan, a a drink, uh, or rather a presentation for a TAIL seminar. Um, We put it all together, we submitted it, and it didn't get approved. (laughs) Um, Which obviously goes to show how far Simon's influence reaches. (laughs) No, I joke. Uh, But Simon turned around, having seen the presentation, and really loved it, and he was going to be over, this was stutter last year, and he was just like, hey, I really like the talk, it's a bummer it didn't get accepted why don't when i'm over i've got to go do some work in paris why don't mm. you come to paris and we'll do it there and we kind of and that was the first time we really got to hang out but yeah. we did it and it went down really well simon really enjoyed it and at the same time simon talked more about the ethos of the 86 co company and it was the first time i heard him talk about that yeah. and i really enjoyed that as well i i Simon's a fantastic presenter. He's got a great charm about him when he does talk. But when he talked about the entire company and where it was born from and its history and its story in a very transparent and honest manner, I really enjoyed it. And it just struck a chord with me. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's a very common thread. Very much so.
1: So then we got Dushan and Simon over later that year for Imbibe and Ryan, Dushan, Simon and I did a talk. And that, uh, and that kind of, we just did a little one hour chat at Imbibe and could just kind of see, we had a real mutual respect again and a real belief in each other's companies. And then it really kind of, I think we last year, I did a still to this day, I think it's probably one of the best trips I've ever done where we did a 86 co Ford's gin did their green glass bottles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they decided that talk I did in Paris to bring that back up and we were going to do five cities in 10 days. Yeah. No small feat. Um, And so we did, but we did, uh, we did Austin, Dallas, Chicago, LA, New York in 10 days, 11 days. I took an extra day in Chicago, but during the course of that, I got to hang out with all the ambassadors that work in all their different regions, excuse me. I got to spend the whole time with Sharon Bronstein, who runs all their marketing, yeah. and she's just, she's amazing. I got to spend loads of time with Simon and Jay and all the guys and Dushan, and it just kind of, yeah, I think so from there, Kindred it's kind of... spirits. Yeah, very much so, yeah. yeah. And we get along, and we got a big belief in making a change in the industry v- via action and not just talking. Yeah. And like, what they do, I mean, I've bashed on about it repeatedly in presentations, but what they do and the amount of effort and time they've sunk into something like as simple as... What could be perceived as simple mm-hmm. as their bottle, but in actual fact they've really gone that extra level to make it so fantastic. It, yeah, I got a lot of love for the guys. Um, and the juice is damn tasty as well. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Stuff. And so you're partnering with them again. Yeah. So town here for this South by Southwest yeah. thing, we're gonna head down there, and that is for Future
1: Fest. right? Yeah. So we've got a uh, Future Fest is. If South by Southwest is very much in the moment, what is cool and happening right now in technology, innovation, and subsequently music, um, Future Fest is all about what's coming up next. But it takes a very holistic approach to it all. So they did the second Future Fest in March last year, and Ryan and I did a presentation. They always take a couple of different headings. So they had the future of thrill, the future of government, Ryan and I, and a few others. And Ryan and I took the future of thrills, Mm -hmm. and then obviously alcohol is our medium that we work in. So (laughs) Very thrilling one, yeah. Yeah, we looked at what the future of alcohol, what the future of intoxication, one of the most thrilling experiences you can get in life (laughs) is. And so we took a very tongue-in-cheek approach where uh, a a future government had realized all the money that uh, the alcohol and hospitality industry contributes to the government coffers, and they'd finally decided to spend that money for good, and they'd made alcohol healthy. So we presented a presentation as the representatives of the government of 2050 Uh um, about, are you having your five a week? And we created a, five a week cocktail program that you had to drink on behalf of the government to stay healthy for the good of your country god damn it let's go do that (laughs) (laughs) so and that went down really really well Uh, i mean on that bill there was vivian westwood edward snowden george clinton with the three headliners so to even like have the mr lion name up there yeah 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 so future fest is happening again in london this year in september and i'm here to do a little preview of what we're going to do with ford's gin for the one in september so we're looking at the future of love and I'm going to argue that robot bartenders are not a thing. Nope. They can never be a thing because what you go to a bar for is a human interaction. You, your bartender is someone more, don't get me wrong, a robot could serve you a cocktail, sure. but that's not what you go to a bar for. No. You go for the whole experience. And the other big experience that you get in a bar is meeting other people. It's kind of that final frontier of social engagement mm-hmm. that I don't think technology will really be ever able to so disrupt. It's it. Yeah. yeah, very totally. much so. So by virtue of that fact when apps have kind of reached their peak and everything else and you really desire that final level of human interaction yeah. to find true love essentially bartenders are the next generation love doctors yeah. so i'm gonna argue that i'm gonna this argue is that, so true <laughs> and i'm gonna use a little bit of the um, not the science but i'm gonna use a little bit of the research and everything that we put into our drinks at dandelion uh-huh. as far as looking at natural botanicals and how they can influence mood Sure. And kind of do a couple of uh, aphrodisiac-inspired and at times infused cocktails with it all. So I just yeah. had this a meant grin on my face. That's, yeah. It's, so, it's uh, amazing. It's good. I mean, like everything that we do, it's all about being tongue-in-cheek and a little bit of fun, yeah. but having that foundation of knowledge and that considered approach to what we do with it so all. It's a, it, so, it is, in fact, a scientific possibility. Yeah, exactly, it, what would absolutely. be the point if it wasn't, right? Exactly right. And even when we did our other talk about healthy about healthy alcohol, yeah. that was not to try and jump on the bandwagon of healthy Cocktails because right now you look at the amount of sugar people put in those drinks to make oh, them horrible. healthy. It's yeah. a load of shit. But actually, looking at how we could make the spirit consumed more healthy, could we actually put Omega three fatty acids in there. Could we actually put this in there? Could do amino acids uh, survive the temperature that alcohol generates? Yeah, and yeah. so, so we and, and then looking at other really healthy products that are out there like vinegars yeah. and fermentation processes and how we could manipulate those. White Lion now ferments its own wine in house on Hoxton Street that we serve every night. So it's kind of we kind of we're doing a lot of work in this field anyway, and we're finding a nightly application for it in our yeah. bars. As, um, but then I guess when we do something like Future Fest, we get to be a little bit more theoretical. About where this Which is be. even
0: crazy for you guys. You guys are already like yeah, right was, a step yeah. ahead, and you're like, well, let's be ahead of ourselves. Exactly.
1: Well, that's it. It's Which like, is ahead of everybody <laughs> at that point, you know. More. Let's look at what 2050 might look like again in that consumer landscape. Yeah. Fuck what the bartender's doing. What does it mean for the consumer? And does it mean that we might be able to serve an aphrodisiac enriched cocktail? So that when you go to the bar, the final frontier of social engagement. Yeah. What do you then get? Do you just get that social engagement, or does the bartender go one step further and do they actually? give you a cocktail so that when they introduce you to the person next to you that might wind up being the love of your life can they also serve you something that might further enhance that yeah or do bars are just going to become the last like the last resort of date night and everything's going to look like a tinder hookup but but even if it's just going to look like one tinder hookup after another you're still going to want a drink that gets you in the right mood gets your engines firing in the right manner i mean i love I love bars for so many reasons. And I think one of the best reasons is that social engagement, like, and like being able to go out there and meet somebody new. And what might happen, and like, there's a there's, there's fun to of that. not knowing. Yeah, What's there's a fun it? to that. There's a thrill of that that uh, technology and applications and hardware will never be able to replace, even yeah. if AI becomes a thing and robots take over the world. Still not gonna. Still not gonna be able to. That. You're still not gonna be able to upload that emotion and that feeling, that kind of that. You can't quite put your finger on it, but yeah. goddamn, if it isn't cool. So there's a little notion of hopeless romanticism thrown in there as well, which I'm beginning uh, to see this. Yeah, man. which I think is necessary as well. You kind of got to. Yeah, so. It, it should be a lot of fun. Definitely. Yeah.
0: It's rooted in love. I think
1: that's great. Yeah. We all can relate to that. Yeah. It's that it sounds... got that warm, fuzzy feeling about it that yeah. people like. So uh, well, yeah. I'm excited to try these cocktails and we're going to head down there. A yeah. A definitely. couple batch
0: ones and. At- Man, I hope you make it back into
1: Austin. I soon I sincerely hope I do. I mean, this is my third time in nine months, so I, odds are looking good for me that you'll be Yeah, the odds are looking good. So uh, I think it helps that Jay Cosmos lives here. I uh, just keep getting deviated via Austin for things. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: it surely doesn't hurt. Yeah, so, certainly not. But well, dude, let's, thanks so much for having me. It's in. been brilliant chatting, man, and thanks for sharing the burn with me. Not at all. Let's let's check this future event out. Indeed, right. let's do thanks, it. Thanks, Ian. Cheers, man. Well, there we have it, the amazing, creative, charismatic Australian Ian Griffiths of White Lion and Dandelion and so much more. I think that Ian's ability to match flavors, his insight as to how our minds perceive flavors allow him to make some of the most intricate, some of the most nuanced cocktails that I've ever had and to be Perfectly frank, the experience at White Lion is something I have never, ever in any form experienced in my life as a bar goer. So I cannot speak highly enough of White Lion and Dandelion, the food. Man, the food at the Montreal in London is insanely good. But Ian, thank you so much for chatting with me and taking that brief time out to chat during South by Southwest of 2016. Your cocktails were insanely delicious, and it really, really, frankly, bothers me that you have such an amazing, insightful grasp of flavor and execution. Without exaggeration, say, I cannot wait to see what happens with White Lion, with Dandelion, and with yourself as your career progresses. You're not even fucking 30, man. Come on, come on. So, a great friend of 86 Company as well. So thank you, everybody, for listening to Show To You With Mike G. And no matter what episode of Mad Men you're rewatching, no matter how much Canadian club you feel like drinking because Don just drinks that fucking rye whiskey, please keep thinking.